The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here and analyze this. And uh, before I begin my second guess, uh, I just want to, to let you know that I got a big announcement at the end of the show. Right? We've locked in, I guess, for two appearances in VI Black History Month in March. Right? So the last five minutes of the show, I'm going to break that down. And I'll also play a Malcolm X clip because, you know, tonight uh, we got great performances of the Met. Right? So we're going to play a Malcolm X clip uh, at the, in the la- within the last five minutes. So you definitely want to stay not only for that, but for uh, Mr. Frank Dixon, who's coming up in hour number two. Now, some programming notes um, <clears throat> for uh, Channel 12, you know, the flagship, the reason why we actually have a radio station and we have a online and, and app and all that stuff. Uh, PBS NewsHour at uh, 7 p.m., uh, Recovering Focus at 8 p.m. I believe the guest with with the esteemed ODR director, uh, Adrian Williams, acting tonight, I believe the guest is Calvert White. I think I saw something. Uh, on the uh, on, on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? So I believe that's the guess, right? Uh, so <clears throat> that's from eight to nine, and then great performances at the Met, right? Experience Anthony Davis's groundbreaking opera X, the life and times of Malcolm X, directed by Tony Award nominee Robert O'Hara, and that run in from nine to midnight, right? The whole three hours, like I would have seen St. Thomas, right? And of course, you know, I'm important company comes in at midnight, normally 11, but time turned back. We're turning forward uh, in another 10 days. You know what I'm saying? So I'll, uh, so don't forget, PBS News Hour at 7, Recovering Focus at 8, great performances at the Met from 9 to midnight, and I'm important company. And don't forget the last five minutes of the show, um, I got a big announcement uh, to make. You know, I was looking at this program, looking at these programming notes, and I mentioned this on Monday. Tomorrow is March. January and February. Gone about the business. One-sixth of the year. 2024. Has happened already. 60 days. Done gone already. 31 and 29 today. Right? So, appreciate life. But in particular, appreciate life here in Paradise. Here in the U.S. Virgin Islands. But having said that, I want to introduce my guest from VI Apex, uh, Mr. Frank Dixon who has joined us this morning. Um, good morning, uh, Mr. Dixon. Welcome to Analyze This. Good morning, Mr. James. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for having uh, me today to talk about the Virgin Islands Apex Accelerator. Without a doubt. But before we do that, who is Frank Dixon? Well, Frank Dixon is a um, guy born and raised in the great state of North Carolina. Where at? Um, Where at in Carolina? In Duplin County, North Carolina, between Jacksonville and uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay, Jacksonville and Fayetteville, okay. Uh, yeah, small town there. Fayetteville, um, North Carolina. Uh, grew up, you know, father was a Vietnam veteran. Um, owned a general contracting company in a barbershop. Mother was a cosmetologist. She owned three beauty shops of three siblings. So we all sort of grew up... Uh, in a business uh, world mindset with, of course, uh, my grandparents on both sides being farmers and uh, entrepreneurs as well. 
So I um, attended Fayetteville State University, HBCU, all the way. What was that? What was that like? Uh, it was good. You know, I was a, I was a started to go to a, um, a predominantly white institution originally, and Fayetteville State University, which is founded in 1867 as one of the original black teachers colleges uh, offered me opportunity to play football so i went i attended there as i went there uh, which was an amazing opportunity because that's why i really understood you know um uh, you know black history from an academic standpoint that i just didn't get in um, in high school growing up and just the bond of a hbcu and of course, back then we just called it Black College. <laughs> yeah. It's since matured into the historically Black College and Universities um, uh, acronym. Um, it just brought a sense of family and closeness and camaraderie that um, I just don't think you know probably probably could have gotten at one of the other institutions. So um, it, it was just an amazing opportunity um, at at uh, Fayetteville State University. Mm -hmm. After that, I joined the military, 10-year U.S. Army uh, person, uh, Army soldier, uh, combat veteran, served in Iraq and in Europe. Um, and then I, when I got out, I um, started working for a defense contractor, negotiating contracts for the defense contract in the aerospace industry for you know, with the U.S. Army and in the Middle East. And then I was also, um, uh, and that was up in Connecticut. So I only, I was also founded a nonprofit, which focused on developing uh, black and minority businesses, understanding how to be in business and grow, um, and, and with the sole purpose of investing in your long-term wealth um, and now, and, and after that, I moved into the Apex Accelerator Program, where we assist businesses um, understand how to do government contract. Now, I was director in Connecticut for four years before I moved here to the Virgin Islands. And of course, I'm just going over some major points of uh, of, of uh, you know my background and career. That's a good. That's a good foundational. Right. Uh, description of so, where we had. What, 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 what was the what was the window you went to school at in Fayetteville? What, what years? Eighties, nineties? Uh late eighties. Late eighties. Okay. Late okay. 80s, uh, into uh, the uh, early nineties. I, I came out of college just in time to uh, join the military and do my first Iraqi tour. Yeah, that that, that was Desert Storm, right? That was in the early nineties. <laughs> yes. So, um, and I think I was just on the heels of uh, following up on my father being a Vietnam veteran. I want to experience the military. I've always been fond of, of the military because mm -hmm. veterans uh, growing up uh, was a major part of of my life. And my father and his Vietnam veterans um, friends and, and along with, you know, his, um, his lodge would take me and, and the other boys out camping and teach us life. You know about um, out in the out in the out in the elements. Out in the elements, you know, because a lot of the a lot of young men um, didn't have a father figure in their life, and they would 
take us out camping and talk to us about uh, business and, you know, professionalism and how to interact with, uh, you know, law enforcement. Survival and yeah. and survival. Uh, uh, when, when you don't have a paved road and you got you got to navigate obstacles, right? Right, and I think just that foundation sort of shaped my mindset because I I also have a history of coaching, mentoring, um, you know, young men, and, and just giving and teaching about my life experiences, and that's that's one of the greatest things you can give back to young people um, is not more or less the scripted academic uh, path, but talk about your experience and how your experiences shape your life and see it and, and ask them about what their experiences and see what those synergies are. Because a lot of times you will see that you'll get more out of the interaction with young people if you also listen as well as talk. You know, I'm one of those 80-20 rule guys. I like to listen 80% of the time and talk 200% of the time. So, okay, you're 80-20. Um, you're, you're okay. I'm 80-20. Okay. Right. Let, let, let me ask two questions um, with respect to that transition before we get to the uh, VI Apex Accelerator. Um, so you, you were you an ROTC student in, at Fayetteville that transitioned into the armed forces, or you just went in cold turkey? Here's the funny part. Um, Growing up in a household with a Vietnam veteran, not only did they take us out camping, but we learned how to march. We learned ranks in the military. We learned how to salute. We learned how to, so we did structured marching events that we would put on in the veterans parade. But when I attended college, I actually went in as an Air, Air Force ROTC. Uh, but, but I, I moved away from that because I focused more on the sports. And when I went into the military, I went into the Army. So I did have uh, some general foundation as, as a youth uh, in elementary and middle school. And then and as a freshman and sophomore in college, um, I, I learned uh, a lot of the uh, military structure and mannerisms that way. So when I went in, I went in and enlisted. I didn't go in as an officer. Um, I had a lot of those foundational um, characteristics that that really helped me succeed a little bit faster than the regular uh, person coming in in their uh, military uh, escapades. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, that's number one. And then number two, looking back at what took place the second go-around in, in 2003, you were out of the, you were out of the, or 2002, 2003, you were out of the military by that point when we went into Iraq, the second go around? Uh, I, I was transitioning out. I made a decision um, to transition out and put my foot into the um, commercial marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, the, que so the question is, the question is, what is it like knowing that, uh, brothers and sisters out there fighting to defend global freedom and that the information that was uh, used to justify invading Iraq was not necessarily accurate. As a, as a so former... I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer this two different ways. Oh, yeah, go right ahead. One, no, I'm, just, I'm just curious and maybe the audience might appreciate yeah. knowing what it's like for those who have actually been in warfare and, and looking back at it retrospectively. Um, because 
part of the reason why you're getting it is legitimate justification. And when you're finding out that the the, the, the justification may not have been legit, then you got to start asking questions about, you know, are we actually sacrificing ourselves for gen for genuine reasons? That's the reason why I asked that question. I didn't mean to to offend you if I did. I apologize. No, it, it, it's, but I get out. I get asked that question a lot, especially being a veteran. You say you're a combat veteran in, in multiple escapades. So you, you you're two you two people, right? You're a soldier, where you're in, but you're also a person. Mm -hmm. You're also a a citizen of the United States where you do cast your vote. Uh, but when you're in, you're following orders. So I, I look at it from that standpoint, uh, because when you are a soldier focused on your mission and defending the country and defending your battle buddy, the guy next to you and making sure that you're accomplishing all of the missions that are put out there, that, that's what you're focused on when you're in. That doesn't mean that you don't have your own opinion, but as a soldier, you're in there to follow the missions they're giving um, when they're in line with, you know, um, anything that's not detrimental to to the overall mission. So, and I'm not evading your question, but I'm, I'm giving some context to it from the from the perspective of a citizen and from the perspective of a soldier when you're in. Now, when you're you're out, you're a veteran, but you still have, and some veterans come out and they have a different mentality on the perspective of what was supposedly true and not true based on, you know, what you participated in when you were in. And my father experienced the same thing, being a Vietnam veteran. Uh, but at the end of the day, he never ever said he wasn't supposed to be there. He would talk about his experiences while there and focused on the men and women that were around him. And that's what I do. I focus on our mission when we were there, the men and women that that was, uh, participated with me and what we were trying to do um, and some of the ones that we lost. Um, so that, I look at it from that perspective. You're not in the regret business. You're in the what the mission was at the time and, 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 and handling my business and handling our business. That, that's what you're saying. Right. Because I'm, I'm, I have the, uh, the aptitude to understand that military escapades, soldiers don't start military escapades. So what you do is you ex execute the orders of what's coming down. Right. And if you look at it from that perspective, um, you have the right to, when your um, contract or obligations are up, you have the right to stay in or get out. Or you, when you're out, you have the, the right to participate in advocacy groups that focuses on the health and welfare of veterans. And from a political standpoint, there's some advocacy groups that can uh, focus on shaping future um, future conversations on on what's what's best for those uh, men and women serving in uniform. So I look at it from that perspective. So I, I don't look at it as from a regret. I look at it as who am I now? What can I do to try to shape the conversation for people to make better decisions? Um, maybe not to get in some initiatives that might not be beneficial long term. That's, that's that's what I'm talking about. So, so you 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 make a move to the Virgin Islands. 
um, deep into your professional career. What prompted that? And I'll be very honest. You know, I, I have um, I have two kids, and my youngest went off to college, and you know, I was offered the opportunity to come down and uh, come out of Connecticut and come to the U.S. Virgin Islands and start the Virgin Islands Apex Accelerator up from scratch. And I took that opportunity. VI Apex Accelerator is is a product of what entities? The, the VI Apex Accelerator is um, under the Department of Defense, the Pentagon's umbrella, and it's administered by the Office of Small Business Programs, and that's who administers our funding uh, to provide uh, business government contracting assistance to the businesses here in the territory. So, it, it, and, but we, and we're under the host umbrella here of the University of the Virgin Islands uh, under the School of Business. Okay, okay, that's that's good. So the Defense Department has a role in that? The Defense Department, I'm just one of 97 programs. Uh, there are 97 Apex Accelerators across the 50 states, Puerto Rico, Guam, Mariner Islands, and now here in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, the Apex Accelerator is 50 years old. Okay, We've spent okay. Changes our name. We used to be called PTAC, Procurement Technical Assistance Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now we, the Department of Defense has since changed our name to the Apex Accelerator. Mm-hmm. But the mission and our concept is basically the same, where we provide marketing and technical assistance to businesses and innovators looking to sell their products and services in the government marketplace. We're talking with Frank Dixon from the VIA Apex Accelerator. I noticed he mentioned Guam and the Mariana Islands. I did not hear American Samoa. So, so uh, you know, I, I got to look out for, for all of the insular possessions. So we're going for a break. When we come back, maybe you could answer that question as to why American Samoa was not mentioned, because you did mention Puerto Rico and the other three smaller insular possessions. Uh, hopefully we can get American Samoa in the fold if they're not there already. We'll take a break and come back and talk about the impact of the VI Apex Accelerator here in the Virgin Islands. We'll be back right after this. St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, a nonprofit community investment checking account, a 24-hour banking cash management platform, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go. There are two locations to serve you, the Bank of St. Croix in Gallows Bay and Bank of St. Croix in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Need details about our nonprofit community investment checking account? Our service specialists are here to help. Bank of St. Croix, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
Sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love, or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy. So take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here at Analysis, and we got uh, Mr. Frank Dixon from the Virgin Islands, uh, Apex Accelerator, uh, joining us uh, this morning. Good morning once again, Mr. Dixon. Glad to have you on. Thank you again for having me on. Good. So any reason why American Samoa ain't in the fold? You said it's 50 years old, or you don't know? So, so Guam uh, handles uh, that area as coverage. Oh, okay. Because okay. the Virgin Islands Apex Accelerator... Um, I've only had boots on the ground here since the summer of 2022 to get it started. And uh, Puerto Rico was providing some um, uh, some coverage in this area to the businesses. Uh, but uh, so when you're when you're looking at even the Mariner Islands just got a, a Virgin Islands Apex, you know, a couple of years ago themselves because Guam was handling sort of any businesses in sort of those uh, in that South Pacific uh, regions. Okay, okay. So Guam Guam does the coverage for Americans and more. Correct. Okay, that's good. By the way, one of my listeners chimed in. He said, please thank the guests for providing such an articulate response to your question on the meaning of Desert Storm. As a Vietnam-era veteran, much respect. So the audience appreciates um, the sensitivity and, and I guess the, the, just the, the, very, the, the candor uh, of your response. So just wanted you to wanted to pass that on to you, uh, Mr. Dixon. Thank you, sir. Okay, good. Thank you. So, um, viapex.org, that's the website, right? Correct. Uh, www.viapex.org. You got it. And it said, VI Accelerator core function is to provide hands-on government contracting assistance to businesses looking to sell their products and services to the federal and state governments. VI Apex is a territory-wide program serving all districts in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So we're, in the, we're, in the, we're, in, we're deep into the heart of a protracted recovery. VI Apex playing a part in that? Could you repeat that? We're in, a, we're in, a, in, in six years into a, uh, uh, a long recovery in the aftermath of, aftermaths of Hurricane Irma and Maria, is VI Apex playing a role with respect to businesses in uh, in the recovery? I, I'll put it this way: because a lot of the monies uh, being infused into the territory is coming in from the federal government, mm-hmm. some that's going to be direct opportunities 
with federal agencies and some, you know, giving is grants to the local government, um, the VIAPEX, assisting businesses understand how to register and understand the nuances of how to go after some of those contracts. So that would be a soft yes when it comes to your answer with rebuilding from the, the government sector side. Who, who, who are the, the, the primary entities that a VI Apex Accelerator um, um, are assisting right now? So our business is extremely diverse yeah. from, from our client perspective. Uh, any business, what I do is I help a business. The VIFX helps you understand who's buying your product. I don't care if you're a cybersecurity expert, if you're a lawyer, if you're a social worker, if you're a general contractor. And I get asked this question all the time. Frank, what opportunities in the Virgin Islands? And I say, let's ask the question differently. Who's buying your product? Right. Not just in the U.S. Virgin Islands, but, but anywhere in the United States. And which government agency is spending more money purchasing general contracting, cybersecurity, uh, legal, um, uh, wholesale, you know, those type of industries? So the, some of the top agencies that are investing money here in the Virgin Islands is uh, your public building services, National Park Services, Department of the Army, uh, Federal Highway, U.S. Marshal Service, Homeland Security, you know, Department of Transportation, Department of Interior, uh, things of that nature. And they're looking at electrical, highway, uh, so facility support services, remediation, uh, you know, just in general. Some of the some of the open direct opportunities that are here, but but some of my businesses have one sole source contracts where the VI Apex acts as a conduit to those agencies, and some of the prime contractors looking for businesses here to be able to subcontract to as well, and we can get into some of the particulars of how those things work. Um, but I hope that gives you a general perspective of who some of the major players are and, and and the opportunities out there for your businesses to be able to not just do business in the Virgin Islands, but the Virgin Islands Apex Accelerate can help you win a contract in for the city of Dallas, Texas, or for the, the state of Kentucky, right? So federal government money is not geographically bound, but at the end of the day, we can also help you do work in any public sector uh, space in any of the in the states, now, or internationally. Now we got some some folks who who want to get into business, but they're ad, intimidated by all the administrative responsibilities and work, uh, 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 the inner workings um, from a documentation standpoint, um, with actually getting their business officially registered and all that stuff. What what can we what can you say that would allay some of the fears for those who uh, you know, are just intimidated by by by, by the, the the paperwork that comes with being a be, be getting into the to, to businesses and contracts with the federal government. I'll put it this way: so the Virgin Islands Apex Accelerator, um, we don't usually focus and work with startup companies uh, because 
99.99% of contracts are usually awarded to people with a high performance history, yes. a history of selling something. Um, now, if you're looking to start your business up, if you have, if you fill out one of our applications online at, at diapex.org, we're going to evaluate your application, and we're going to talk to you. But if you feel that your your beginning business, um, you, you're you're not technically there yet, with the uh, we will refer you to one of our strategic partners, either SCORE or the Virgin Island Small Business Development Center, who can assist you with. Um, registering with the lieutenant governor's office, um, getting a business plan, understanding initial financing, helping you understanding the the incubator stages of being in business. And as you grow, start to produce product and sell product and services, then we want you to come back over to the Virgin Islands Apex Accelerator, and then we teach you how to sell those products and services into the government marketplace. All right, um, to, to that to that degree, we just don't discourage you and say, "Oh, you're not ready." We refer you to one of our strategic partners to assist you uh, in that capacity to continue to grow, and then bring you back uh, to the Virgin Islands Apex and, and help you understand what what's out there um, in in your industry. Um, what, what based on where where you're at and and your professional history. What do you think are the biggest needs for the Virgin Islands right now? So I, I look at it from this perspective. I look at what money is being invested in the Virgin Islands from the government standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then I educate the clients and the business op- business population uh, on whether um, how I'm going to assist them should they focus the Virgin Islands. Should they focus other places, you know, to sell their products and services? Um, you know, just like I mentioned, some of the biggest investments now is coming in through, um, you know, general contracting, um, you know, investing in the infrastructure, um, you know, Department of Defense, Homeland Security, things of that nature. And and cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is one of the, the, the key um uh, industries that, that government agencies and bigger prime contractors are always looking for um, partners and, and, and to contract to. I, I, I also want to mention that focused on, you know, businesses here in the Virgin Islands, there's a small business component to this. So I educate and train the businesses how the receiving certifications will just assist them in so many ways into being a viable candidate to win uh, uh, contract awards. That's if you're eligible to get a federal government woman certification under the SBA or a veteran certification or a hub zone certification, which the entire U.S. Virgin Islands is considered a hub zone. That's historically underutilized business zone identified by the government and in 8A, which is the uh, disadvantaged business enterprise uh, based on your ethnicity, gender, uh, historically under-marginalized community. These certifications um, are, are extremely important. One, because the government agencies, the federal government agencies, have um, 
obligations to subcontract to those population of certified businesses outside of just being a small business. And if you win a government, federal government contract at a certain dollar amount, you're obligated to subcontract to small business concerns and businesses that have those identified socially, economically disadvantaged certifications as well. So this is about the Virgin Islands Apex evaluating your entire business, not just from your services and product capacity, but your gender capacity, your veteran capacity, your geographic location capacity, and helping you understand how to move into these certifications that will help you um, uh, go after some of these contracts and be visible to people looking to partner with you that's going to be to your advantage and their advantage as well. Now, I see uh, on your website, uh, your strategic partners are uh, UVA, uh, RT Park, uh, the Small Business Development Council, and, and NAPEX. Uh, talk about those relationships, if you will. So, of course, the University of Virgin Islands is our host. They actually won the Virgin Islands Apex Accelerator Grant. Um, so they're, we're under their umbrella. We, we sit under the uh, sub-umbrella of the School of Business. Uh, the Small Business Development Center is a strategic partner. They're also under the umbrella of the School of Business, University of Virgin Islands. And we work in relation to them we do um, joint um, webinars, trainings, to make sure that a business understands all the free services. And I don't know if I mentioned that. All of our services are free at no cost to the businesses in the territory. Uh, to help you understand the beginning stages of a business and, and what opportunity for an advanced stage of a business. Um, the RT Park serves as a as a, a strategic partner from a synergetic standpoint that uh, any opportunities from a development that we might uh, understand and they might understand that they can offer uh, some of their community access or knowledge to what we offer. Um, so all the strategic partners um, um, act in a synergetic way to, um, you know, just cross-reference services. Now, NAPEX is our national association. All 97 APEX accelerators that I've mentioned are under a association called uh, NAPEX. That's the National uh, APEX uh, Accelerator Alliance Association. That's our, our nonprofit association that we're members of. I also sit on the NAPEX board and I chair the strategic uh, planning committee for the board. Uh, we have uh, 12 regions, uh, 11 regions, and Native American. Uh, we have a uh, XCOM board. So we serve as that conduit directly with the federal government to, to help shape the culture and act as an advocacy for all the 97 programs. And, and within that 97 programs, there are 700 total um, staff and employees that work around all 50 states and the territories that NAPEX uh, actually acts as an, an advocacy uh, on for. Okay, that's good. And, and uh, of course, one of the things I, I champion on this show is 
um, how vital the University of Virgin Islands is and by extension uh, the RT Park uh, because that's the conduit that gets our, our, our young people and our business people uh, to transition from thoughts and ideas to actual companies, right? And you're right uh, because you know, another major goal of, of, of mine as the state director the territory of the Virgin Islands Apex is to continue to grow the strategic alliances, not just from the university, but I do speaking engagements to chambers, uh, rotary clubs. I've done speaking engagements with the Department of Person and you know, you know, and procurement. All anyone that has any outreach into the business community and to the community at large. Um, to get the word out on all the free services that we offer. And just another plug for the University of Virgin Islands. Virgin, APEC accelerators are located within city, uh, state government, city governments, economic development um, courts, uh, universities. But the Virgin Islands APEC accelerator is the only uh, Berkeley Black College University with an APEC accelerator. The University of Virgin Islands? Correct, yes. Is the only... HBCU with an Apex Accelerator. A lot of the Apex Accelerators are sitting under uh, some of your bigger institutions like Missouri and Iowa State, uh, things of that nature. Okay, okay. So so, so we have reason to feel proud about um, our relationship, uh, UVI's relationship with, with, with the Apex Accelerator program. And that's another reason that I felt connected to coming down and being a part of starting a brand new Apex Accelerator from scratch and it was under a HBCU. That's why so that, that's, that, that's that's a big deal. That's what I'm talking about. So the small business development center, not council, the center. I made a mistake there. Correct. Um, um they play a part there. So we're talking with Frank Dixon from the Virgin House Apex Accelerator. Um we'll, we'll take a break, we'll come back and uh, we'll ask him about now um, his vision how does he see on the Virgin Islands continuing to evolve in this uh, ever-evolving technological world um, right now? We'll take a break. Be back right after this. gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, NPR News weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station 
in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. An American experience. The minute she took that oath, she was a figure of fascination. That leaves Sandra Day O'Connor with a pivotal vote. She hated being called the swing justice, but that's exactly what she was. This gave her immense power. If you could win O'Connor, then you could win five to four. Sandra Day O'Connor, the first on American Experience. Tune in March 2nd at 10 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. And we're back here to analyze this uh, great discussion with Mr. Frank Dixon from the Virgin House Apex Accelerator. Um, VIAPEX.org is the website if you want to... Uh, uh, Find out more about um, the services uh, that they uh, provide. And uh, the APEC Accelerator Program is funded in part through a cooperative agreement between the U.S. Department of Defense through the Office of Small Business Programs. And, of course, our Small Business Development Council uh, is big uh, with that uh, as as well. Uh, good morning once again, Mr. Dixon. Glad to have you on. Good morning. Thank you again for uh, having me on to showcase all the great work and opportunity that we are showcasing here at the Virgin Islands Apex Accelerator. Double. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I do want to circle back on uh, one of your questions, and I don't know if I answered it totally. You, you, you answered it as far as a business starting up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, one of the questions I definitely wanted to get in was if somebody's listening to you now and they believe that you can be a conduit, Right, uh, a nexus um, to getting their their business model from where it is to where it could actually be beneficial for the people of the Virgin Islands. What do they do? So the first thing you do is you go to our website and you complete our online uh, client application, and then uh, I'll review it and I'll assign your business to one of my team members. Um, you know, we have uh, two office locations, uh, one in St. Thomas and one in St. Croix. I do have a satellite location in St. John that I visit periodically to meet with businesses there. And then we evaluate your business. We would bring you in for a meeting where we will learn about your business structure, your capability, your capacity, and then we'll make an assessment on the best course of action. Uh, but here's the thing that I want businesses to understand. We provide hands-on, no expiration date services to the businesses. We help you register in the associate appropriate database, your SAM.gov, to be able to actually do business with the government. Any social economic databases. We help you find the business opportunities in your industry. We help you read through the contracts. We help you understand how to submit a proposal. Even if you win a proposal, 
you have you ensure that you understand what you are supposed to deliver to make sure you're in guidelines of policies and procedures um, accordingly. We, we also have to understand how to market your business to agencies, to potential partners and, sub, and, and, and other partners uh, and subcontract opportunities. So we're your hands-on, no-cost counselor to help you understand all of the minutia to make it easier for you to get into the government contracting world. That's that, that's what I'm talking about. Now you mentioned nonprofits. Uh, one of my listeners asks, um, "With your nonprofit history, um, um, first of all, does the Apex Accelerator conduct business with nonprofits? If not, um, your history with uh, nonprofits, how can you be of assistance to the territory?" So, from an Apex Accelerator standpoint, I'll speak first, and I'll talk about my my personal side. Mm-hmm. So, our our core clients are for-profit entities, right? But I do work with some nonprofits uh, building strategic partnerships to help to speak in front of their clients, right? If, if they're a business nonprofit, um, if you are a nonprofit and you said, right, I really need to understand how to just get my business registered in system forwards management, because not only do you need to be in Sam's I'm governor saying I to go after to be eligible for for-profit contracts, but also grants and federal loans. It's the same system. And I work in a partnership perspective to sit down with your representatives and work with you on how to register uh, your nonprofit in SAM.gov. But our core audience, our core client base are for-profit entities. Now on the personal side, I've, I've sat on numerous and still sit on numerous uh, pretty substantial size uh, nonprofits, starting a nonprofit from scratch. So I'm extremely versed in nonprofit operations, uh, nonprofit development. Um, I'm willing to come in and talk to you and your board if needed on just strategically planning. Um, if, if you know, if we have a conversation. And that fits into something that I think we can come to an agreement on meeting dates. I'm, I'm willing to offer that to to nonprofits in the region to be able to help them and share my experiences on that. Mm, that's good. So how do how do uh, how do we, how do we get in contact with Frank Dixon? Uh, you can either call me on my cell phone at three four zero six nine three one two nine two, or you can send me an email at. Frankie.Dixon at UVI.edu. That's F-R-A-N-K-I-E dot D-I-X-O-N at UVI.edu. You said 340-693-1292? Correct. Okay, good. And and the but email... The, and the, 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 preferred e- method, the preferred method is email. And the email is, is Frank... It's Frankie, F-R-A-N-K-I-E mm-hmm. dot D-I-X-O-N at U-V-I dot E-V-U. Frankie dot Dixon at U-V-I dot E-D-U. That's correct. Okay, good. Okay, good. Well, um, I want to thank you uh, for making some time uh, to join us and talk about the V-I Apex uh, Accelerator Program. The final question I want to ask you, though, is... Um, how lovely is it in the Virgin Islands compared to Connecticut this time of the year? Uh, 
first I'm going to reply back to you and say, is that a real question? I'm going to raise close to the coast of North, the coast of North Carolina, where I used to sixty five degree Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in Connecticut for almost ten years, and I've just never been a fan of the cold. But you know, being in the military, I've lived in so many different climates that you just manage where you are and try to schedule vacations accordingly. Uh, but I love uh, the culture here. I've, um, um, I've, I'm, I'm smart. When I'm in St. John or St. Croix or St. Thomas, I always get asked the questions, oh, which island do you like the most? And I'll say, you know what? They're all so equally amazing. Mm-hmm. So I understand how to, how to answer that question. I like but, that. I like that. Uh, where, 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 where in Connecticut were you? Uh, in Hamden, right outside of New Haven. Oh, right outside of New Haven. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I hang out in New Haven a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brantford, Brant, Brantford isn't far from New Haven. Not that far. Right there on the coast. Yeah, it's right up there. Um, you stay on the ninety-five when you're heading north, uh, and after you pass on uh, New Haven, you get to Brantford. Uh, I was talking with um one of my guests earlier this week, Miss Nina York. She's an author, and she actually lived in Connecticut as well. Uh, so it looks like Connecticut's getting a lot of, a lot, a lot of, a lot of hype this week, which is, which is good. Uh, so you've been here since you, you came in, you came during the, during the, um, during the pandemic or right before the pandemic? So I, um, accepted a position down here in the summer of 2022. Oh, 22. Okay. Start everything from scratch, build the offices, uh, set, put the infrastructure in place, hire staff. Um, so since, since then, uh, from FY 23 to 24, um, helped so far 150 businesses. They've won just shy of $10 million in federal contracts and some in state contracts. Um, I haven't gotten those numbers yet. We've helped close to 30 businesses so far win or get awarded veteran certifications, women's certifications, 8A certifications, hub zones. We've done 35-plus webinars, seminars, outreach events uh, with, uh, with with the local government, with Congresswoman Plaskett. So we've been active. We've been busy, and we're continuing to grow. And, and we're, we're here looking to take it to, to another level with the access and the number of businesses that we're going to help take advantage of the 30 to 40 plus million dollars or more in direct federal contracts that's coming directly into the U.S. Virgin Islands. And that's outside of what's not given to the local government in the way under that, as, as government contracts as well. So uh, please reach out to us at the uh, Apex Accelerator and we're going to make it easy for you to sell your items, not just in the U.S. government. U.S. Virgin Islands, but anywhere in the government marketplace uh, to the U.S. government and internationally. Mr. Frank Dixon from the Virgin Islands APEC Accelerator, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Analyze this, continued success, and hopefully we can continue to, to broaden our foundation here in the Virgin Islands through uh, business contracting. And thank you, and please feel free to have me back anytime you want. You, without a doubt. That's Mr. Frank Dixon from the Virgin Islands APEC Accelerator joining us on 340693. 1292 if you want to get in contact with him or if you want to go his preferred means of contact frankie that's f-r-a-n-k-i-e dot dixon 
at uvi.edu. Now, I mentioned earlier, I got an announcement to make. I'm going to hold off an announcement because I want to play a clip. Because, you know, tonight uh, we got the great performance at the Met, right? Uh, experience Anthony Davis's groundbreaking Opera X, right? The Life and Times of Malcolm X, directed by Tony Award nominee uh, Robert O'Hara. And I'm going to run from 9 to midnight. So I want to play a, a clip uh, from Malcolm X here. Uh, and uh, <coughs> this was an interview that was conducted uh, right before uh, he was unfortunately assassinated. Uh, back in uh, 1965. So I wanted to play this clip, and then uh, uh, after that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the guests that I've locked up for VI History Month uh, for two appearances in March. Listen to this clip here with Malcolm X. Right now? No, I don't worry. I'll tell you, I'm a man who believed that I died 20 years ago. And I live like a man who is dead already. I have no fear whatsoever of anybody or anything. You know, when, when you hear a man make a statement like that, that's when they knew they had to take him out, you know. Because if he tell you, when a man tell you, you could do what you want to do to me. This, I, I just translating it into, into the Caribbean the English, the English style, yeah, right? You could do what you want to do to me or not. I done been here for 20 years, longer than I should have been here. Them is the kind of people you got to fear. Because that type of declaration exude fearlessness, right? I done, I, done, I done that borrowed time, so I'll bring it. And that's when they knew they had to take him out. So don't forget tonight, right, at, uh, at 9 p.m., Great performances of the Met. Uh, experience uh, Anthony Davis's grown breaking opera X. The life and times uh, of Malcolm X. And, you know, <clears throat> the movie, I think it was a Spike Lee movie, uh, some 32, 33 years ago. And uh, I remember um, Public Enemy coming on on Saturday Night Live and they do the show, Chuck D and them, and they had on the baseball shot because they had an X baseball shot and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, so uh, as a history major, you know, things like this, and we get into um, uh, VI History Month, so I'm really looking forward to having multiple conversations um, with historians uh, associated with the Virgin Islands history, which allows me to make this announcement. Malik Siku will be making two appearances and analyze this. Um, on March 14th and March 28th, respectively, from 8.20 to 10 p.m. Yeah, a lot to talk about with respect to VI history. We're going to talk the, the, the 14th, the discussion on the 14th is more about migration, <clears throat> right, of Virgin Islands and the movement of Virgin Islands throughout the region, right, and also uh, on the mainland, not limited to New York, because, you know, back then, when everybody left the territory, they went to New York. And then the second discussion at 28, we're going to talk about um, from 1970, the window we're going to cover is from 1970 to current. 1970 is important because that was the first time the people of the Virgin Islands, um, you know, got to vote for our own governor. And of course, uh, Melvin Evans, who was the last appointed governor 
was uh, elected as our first elected governor uh, in 1970. Matter of fact, um, the 70 and 74 elections, you had the same three people uh, running against each other, and all three ended up being a governor at one point. Right? You had Melvin Evans, you had, uh, excuse me, Governor Melvin Evans, former governor, Governor Cyril E. King, and Governor Alexander A. Farrelly. And between them, um, we're looking at, uh, see, four years for Evans, uh, three years for Cyril King before he passed away in January 78. And then um, you had a, a nine-year run. Right? It was actually 10 because uh, Governor King was ailing in 77, throughout most of 77. Uh, and Wang Louis took over. And then Cyril, and then uh, Alexander Farley took over in 87. Right, because uh, Wang Lui won back the seat in 78 and then won it again in 82. Uh, and then uh, Alexander Farley, who had lost in 70 and 74, actually lost in a runoff, right, uh, <clears throat> in the 74 election. He served uh, for eight years from uh, January 87 to January uh, 1995. So we're going to have some good conversation with Malik Sikua, trying to get her will as well. You know, he's a judge. And the judge them don't like to make appearances on shows, but we're going to bring him in his capacity as an author, you know, the Biblical Code and all those uh, good books, uh, what have you. So VI History Month going to be uh, gonna be lit, like we just said, right here uh, and analyze this. Thank you, Dwayne Henry, for joining the show this morning. Thank you, Ryan Chambers from the National Water Service. And also, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Frank Dixon from the Virgin Apex Accelerator. Great show this morning. Be good, be safe. Talk to you tomorrow. God willing. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.